recording. Hello, and welcome into the first ever Stomp the Bus show, a show about ASU football. My name is Mark Harris, and I'm joined by my co-host. What's up, guys? I'm Brock Suggs. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm just very grateful for Mark giving me the opportunity to do this. Um, I'm a three-time ASU grad. I've been in college since I was 16. I'm working on my fourth bachelor's right now. Um, all at ASU, go Devils. Is it a bachelor's in uh, lying, Mr. Suggs? Or should I call you Mr. Dodgson? Uh, whatever you want to call me. I have a bunch of names, aliases, if you will. Um, ASU stopped letting me pursue bachelor's because it wasn't fair to the other kids. Um, but I got through on an alias, so it's all good. You can call me uh, Colton, too. That's totally fine. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm glad you could uh, get through the extremely high academic rigors of ASU. It's pretty tough. Um, you know everybody what else for ASU? Oh, I'm sorry. What? No, I said everybody should be proud. But you were saying, Mark, go That's ahead. Right. Anyway, my failed uh, segue there is, you know what, what else is tough for ASU? Everything. Because USC and UCLA threw the chainsaw into the bathtub last week when they announced that they were moving to the Big Ten. That's right. Uh, the conference in the Midwest is taking L.A. schools. And while there's a ton of big picture questions about the state of college football, what's going to happen with the Pac-12, this is an ASU football podcast. And look, I'll be honest, when I first heard about this news, Colton, my first thought was, one, like, this is bad. Like, this is obviously very bad for college football. But my second thought was, What's going to happen? Like, how does this affect ASU football? You know, are we going yeah. to the Big 12? Uh, are, are we going to the Big 10? That's not going to happen. But SEC, are we going to join I the ACC? I was kind of hoping we'd go to Mountain, the Mountain West so we could finish uh, top three in a conference. That was are my you, hope. Are you sure we finished top three in the Mountain West? I, I honestly was going to say win a conference, and then I had to, like, uh, be a little more realistic with my expectations for this team upon uh, giving my projection. But right. uh, yeah, no, at first glance, I, or at, when you first hear the news, you're sort of thinking like, oh, okay, you don't have to see uh, Lincoln Riley anymore. That'll be nice. Uh, Eagles legend Chip Kelly will no longer be a factor. Sometimes you can, not that UCLA is very dangerous typically, um, but it's L.A. Maybe they steal a recruiting class in a couple of years. But either way, you don't have to deal with either of those guys anymore. Um, but then I thought about it a little deeper and it's not going to matter um, because ASU is going to lose to a Washington State or a Utah or a BYU. The second there's any implications anyway, regardless of who is in their conference. Uh, so it was kind of a double-edged sword for me where it's like, oh, maybe this makes the road a little easier for ASU. Um, I, I, obviously, they get rid of divisions. So it, it's not right. – you still have to contend with Oregon and Washington for whatever reason. It seems like they're only good every three or four years, whatever it is. But still, uh, you have to contend with those North schools now because there's no divisions. But um, that was my first thought was maybe it makes the road a little easier. But – ASU is never going to allow the road to be easier for themselves. Um, so that that's kind of what I was thinking when uh, that those were my thoughts were twofold. Let's say there's 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 a big word for you twofold. Do you learn that at the Cronkite School? Big words. 
That's where I got my second bachelor's. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I agree with you that it's, well, it's funny. You're Mountain West Point. Like we saw what happened the last time ASU played San Diego State. So right. like, wait, BYU's in the Big 12 now, right? They So BYU right as of today is in independent, but they're going to join the Big 12. Oh, and, so um, ASU might have to contend with BYU as a conference foe now. Yeah. So, so yeah, the thing is, um, so look, USC and UCLA leaving the Pac-12, like it's it's obviously bad for ASU because this affects the Pac-12's possibility of having a like rights, like TV rights deal that can even like kind of contend with the Big 12, not, not the Big 12, the Big 10 and the SEC. But now it's like, now, now everyone's scrambling. And so there's all sorts of realignment rumors going around. When I first saw that ASU, uh, I'm sorry, not ASU, that the two LA schools were leaving um, to the Big 10, my first reaction, like my first reaction in terms of where they're going to go is to the Big 12. It just kind of makes sense geographically. There's been a, so many reports about the four corner schools, ASU, U of A, Colorado, and Utah, joining the Big 12. And from a competitive standpoint, like, I, I would like that. Like, you still get to keep some rivalries, too. Like, ASU, obviously, the Territorial Cup you would keep. And then ASU and Utah has kind of become, like, a rivalry over the past 10 years. It's not the same type of rivalry as the Territorial Cup. But so I was like, okay, like, ASU is not going to go to the Big Ten. They're not going to the SEC. Maybe conference realignment moves, you know, down the road 10, 15 years from now. Maybe that happens. But they weren't going to either of those two schools. And, like, Oregon and Washington wanted to go to the Big Ten. And right now they can't get in. The Big Ten is basically just waiting on Notre Dame before they make a next step. And so It took me a second to remember what the four corners were. Um, so I'm glad you elaborated on what those schools were. I was sitting here racking my brain. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, isn't there like 20 schools I, after the rumor came out about Colorado, U of A, or, uh, sorry, U Arizona, ASU and, uh, uh, Utah. Right. There, and then we, we just touched on BYU and all of the other schools that were joining the big 12 in the wake of, uh, Oklahoma and Texas departing for the SEC. Isn't there like 20 schools rumored to be joining this, this conference at this point? I saw the, the article that was talking about super conferences, but I, I don't think we've, we've seen another conference sort of expand to try to keep up with the SEC and now the Big Ten with Big USC Ten. and UCLA yeah. uh, joining them. So I, I'm just confused. I have no idea what's going on. Um, and, and quite frankly, I, I – if this leads to an eight-team playoff field, do whatever you have to do because that's that's the end game. That's what we should be aiming for. Not that ASU will ever come close to sniffing it, but at least at least there's a little bit of hope by week uh, week six, eight. maybe yeah. something like that. It's like, oh wow, there's a scenario. We're still crunching numbers, so uh, yeah, it, it's just really confusing right now. Um, but th that's my wish list. Maybe expand the college football playoff to eight and put um, uh, close a media deal where we can actually watch this team more than once a year. 
Because um, right. nobody has the Pac-12 network. But that's my two cents. Right. Well, you're definitely right about this being extremely confusing. Like, right. there's reports, ASU to the Big 12. There's reports of the Pac-12 and the ACC kind of merging in some way, which we'll get to later on. But um, so right, you mentioned super conferences. And uh, right now, it's the Big the Big Ten and the SEC are the super conferences. I think that once these realignment moves are finalized and Texas and OU join the SEC and the LA schools join the Big Ten, both of those schools will competitively, like the SEC is obviously better and the Big Ten is a clear second uh, choice in terms of just on the field competitiveness, but they'll make so much more money. Like the Big Ten, they're probably going to sign a billion dollar per year TV rights deal with Fox per year. So that means the schools are going to make like a hundred million dollars per year. And the SEC, it's probably not, it might not be that like that quite as much, but it'll still be a lot. And it'll both be like, no matter like if ASU, U of A, Colorado, Utah, and then there's also rumors of UW and Oregon even joining the big 12, that would be like a clear number three conference, but they'll still be making like, like, I don't know, let's just say like $45 million a year in TV revenue, which is obviously a lot, but that's still so far behind the big boys, you know? Right. Imagine what ASU could do with a hundred thousand dollars. Um, hundred million, a hundred million, excuse me, of, uh, of money that you could invest to things like NAL or NIL, excuse me. Uh, I, I think they would just sit on the money and develop players. That's the field shot. I think that's what would happen is we're going to develop players like we've done so well for so long. Now, Colton, I I didn't know that you knew, but ASU is the only school that actually focuses on developing players for the NFL. That's our niche. No other school even cares about that. Oh, gosh. I don't even want to get into that right now because I I just wish um, I got the opportunity to play for development instead of a $200,000 NIL deal. Yeah. That's the dream opportunity to be promised development uh, instead of hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's what every 18 year old looks for. I mean, it's not, and plus, I mean, there's almost no chance you'll have a career ending injury in football. I mean, come on, that never happens. You don't need money at 18. What are you going to spend? No, no. Anyway, yeah, well, we can finish that tangent on another day because I did my homework, on- Mark. <laughs> there's plenty of meat on the bone when it comes to ASU and its lack of NIL prior to prioritization. But um, what I want to get into is, and we've touched on this a little bit, is what's next for ASU when it comes to um, conference realignment. And so we touched on the Big 12. Let's kind of dive into that a little more. Uh, the original reporting was the 12 teams that the big 12 is going to have. So let's see if I can get that off the top of my head. You have the two Kansas schools, Texas tech, Houston, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma state, um, Iowa state. What is, uh, are you talking about the big 12 or the big 10? Big 12. Okay. BYU is one, right? Yeah. BYU. And then they're, they're adding, uh, West Virginia, they already have. And then they're also adding Cincinnati, 
And right. UCF. Okay. So it's kind of a mishmash of like the remaining big 12 teams and then the best group of five teams that also had like a TV monetary value that they could bring into the conference of some kind. That's why Boise state hasn't been added because they don't have enough like TV households and stuff, even though they've, and, and one of the, but anyway, so one of the sad things about this whole realignment thing is it's not really so much about how you, how good you are on the field. I mean, it kind of is, but not really, because if two PAC 12 schools were leaving, then Oregon would have been a part of it um, instead of UCLA. But UCLA, I feel like they just kind of hopped on just because USC needed a partner. So, yeah, um, it, it's going to be like when, um, let's say, a hypothetical scenario for you, Mark, a, a, a set of brothers, one is a, a senior that uh, is a little washed up, but had some glory days, made varsity as a sophomore for football, had, had a little run, um, but has, is still coasting off of that uh, social equity, if you will, that they've established. I can relate. They have, they have a little brother, right? I know you have a little brother. They have a I little do. brother. Um, the little brother me. is a freshman, and this hypothetical senior is uh, inviting him to a party. And all of the other seniors are really excited. Um, and then they give him a few beers, and they, they ask him if he wants to go bodies, and they all just beat him up, and they laugh. Um, the senior is USC. And the freshman is UCLA. I don't think UCLA is going to win uh, more than four games in the Big Ten. It is going to be brutal. More than four. UCLA in the Big Ten is going to be – it's going to be a slugfest. Yeah. The Penn States, the, the Wisconsins, um, all of I the other that. hypothetical seniors from my scenario uh, who, who are anxiously awaiting this freshman to show up. Um, are, are very excited to get to – even the Minnesotas of the world are excited to play UCLA. I, I, you know, it's that Southern California thing, man. I, I, they they got to do it together, right? If one's going, the other one has to go. Right. Um, but it, it would be unique to see USC and, and, and Oregon play in the Rose Bowl that isn't a national championship because that's a scenario now. You mean USC and, like, Ohio State? Well, no, because USC is going to be in the Big Ten. Right. Uh, anyway. So you, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if, like, USC wins the Big Ten or UCLA wins the Big Ten. Play oh, right, right. Game, okay, I see. It'll, be, it'll be really uh, really unique there to get those for one of the, the New Year's Five boys. Right. But uh, it's it's crazy times, man. But UCLA is, is not going to – there's not going to be any favors for UCLA in the Big Ten. No. I think that's going to be brutal. Um, well, you, UCLA had, like – Oh, sorry. UCLA had like a hundred million dollar or has honestly has a hundred million dollar like athletic budgets deficit. And so they'll be able to cover that up now, now that they're in the big 10. Yeah. The money part is another wrinkle. That's like, well, that's why they did it. That's the only reason why. Yeah. But like some guys like us that could never imagine that amount of money. It's like that, that part you don't even really think about. You're more thinking about what does this mean competitively? You know, right. that's what you're trying to just like crunch in your head while all of this is going down. But you realize it does not matter because these schools are making so much money that they don't care if they have to fire Chip Kelly next year. Like, oh, right. Yeah. It, it just doesn't, whatever his buyout would be. I don't know if he got an extension, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Um, the money wrinkle to this is, is just so unique and it adds a completely different layer that I think 
like guys like you and I aren't even thinking about. I just want to finally have like I miss college football Saturdays, um, but I want to have a college football season where it's like there's any real implication for a team that I'm actually invested in. Right. And I don't know when we'll ever get that. Well, that would, for ASU, it should have been last year, right? I mean, even if Utah they went – had the season that ASU should have had. Yeah. 100%. They did. They really did. I mean, and even if ASU had just – because they went eight and four last year, but they – I don't know if they led the country in the NCAA or the FBS in penalties. They if they didn't lead it – didn't. If they didn't lead it, they were damn close. I'm not – I haven't checked it, but – they had just ridiculous amounts of just comical penalties throughout the year. Um, and that landed them at eight and four. And when they probably could have gone 10 and two, and even if they like they, that might not have won the conference, but at least you like have a 10 win season, you know, and as ASU fans, we, you can't be, you can't scoff at a 10 and two season if you're an ASU fan. So anyway, um, hopefully you're talking about a 10 and two season, I, I'm assuming you mean wins over BYU and Utah, right? Because those were the two winnable games. Well, I disagree. I think the Wazoo and Oregon State games are the ones that you should have won. Absolutely. No matter what. like Utah, they had a 21-point 21, 21 lead at half, right? They you were up – I think they are up 21-7. to seven. Okay, 14-point lead at yeah. half. You don't squander something like that, right? BYU, they're returning a pick six. Merlin Robinson is returning a pick six to take yeah. the lead and has the ball punched out of his arms. Those are two games that it's not like, oh, on paper you should have won. You should have won. Like, right. you're making plays to win those games, right. and you still lose those games for whatever reason. If they right. win those two games, taking Wazoo and Oregon State out of the equation, you're still 10-2 and two with a win over Utah. Right. You're right. probably playing for a Pac-12 championship if you're not a top three penalized team in the country right? and you're not – giving up a, a fumble to BYU on a – I think it was a pick six or a fumble recovery. Well, it could have been a pick six, but yeah. Yeah, in route to a pick six is yeah. what I mean, or a, a defensive touchdown, whatever it may be. It, right. It's those errors. The mental you know? errors, yeah. And, and those two games, in my mind, those two plays or those two scenarios are the difference between Utah and ASU. Yeah. Right? It, it, it's just infuriating, especially last season, because I've been saying that for months. Utah had the season that ASU should have had. We should have gotten embarrassed in the Rose Bowl. That was our right to do that, not theirs. Hey, they, they, they lost close in the Rose Bowl. Okay, there's a big difference. But, but they took a big lead, right? Uh, yeah, I don't – yeah, I think they did, but, yeah, anyway. Maybe uh, it was back and forth. I anyway. don't remember. I tune it out after December every year. Well, hopefully, uh, if ASU does go to the Big 12, they do have some 10-2 and two seasons. Um, let's, let's just kind of talk out – let's just say ASU does go to the Big 12. I know that that's not guaranteed to happen. I mean, who the bleep knows what's going to happen. But let's just kind of game that out. So the thing with the Big 12, and let's just say it's the four schools that go, because there's rumors of UW and Oregon going, but – you, if you don't Oregon get the invite to the big 10, that's where they're going. Like, I think everyone should know that. And they're kind of on the bubble right now, but um, the thing with ASU in the big 12 is that there's no like Godzilla type program in there, you know, like you, there's, there's not a USC that has the potential to win natties. 
there's not an Oregon or in the four, in the, just the four team scenario, there's likely not going to be an Oregon in there. That is like a pseudo blue bug program. That's, I mean, they've been to two national championship games. So if you've been there, like that's still really impressive. Um, like the best programs right now, I'd say Utah would be one Oklahoma state and then Baylor and, and Cincinnati too, since they made the playoff, like all of those programs are obviously like right now today on July 7th, 2022, they are better football programs than ASU, but it's not like they're insurmountable for ASU to pass. If things at ASU like get on the right track, you know what I'm saying? So I think from that perspective, like that's what kind of intrigues me about going to the big 12. Um, and you'll have some interesting road destinations. Um, you, you would still have Salt Lake city, Boulder, Tucson, and then you would add, um, Houston, Fort Worth, Cincinnati. It's kind of weird, but it's, it's all kind of weird right now. And it's kind of weak on it because I feel like with the rumored teams going to the big 12 until anything is solidified, you're looking at like with this hypothetical pac 12 exodus to the big 12, you're looking at like 20 teams joining this conference that that's like, it would be 16. it would be 16. Okay, right. still, with 16 and no every yeah. conference moving away from divisions, you're looking at, like, how often between the conference schedule and the non-conference schedule, how often are you playing the teams on a year-to-year basis? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so... But like, how, let, do you, how do you cultivate those rivalries? One, when you have no history with the teams that you're joining – and there's very limited opportunity to schedule them on a consistent basis. Right. Well, that's a good question. Um, so let's just in the scenario where it's the 16 uh, teams in the big 12 and even the 18 option with, with Oregon and Washington. Uh, I, I saw something on Twitter of if it's 18 teams, if Oregon and Washington come along with the four corner schools, then it would be ASU in the same six team division with, U of A, Oregon, Washington, Utah, and then BYU. Um, so that would be. So they are talking about doing divisions. Yeah. Well, that, okay. but it's just, it's just. In this hypothetical be, random yeah, scenario exactly. that we're throwing out. Right. Okay. It's, yeah. So that would like, that's the thing with ASU going to the big 12 is you actually would keep a lot of rivalries because you stay with U of A. Like, I feel like no matter what happens with any sort of realignment, ASU and U of A are going together. Um, because neither of their ASU's brand, like ASU has a better football brand than U of A. I don't think that's really arguable, but it's not like, it's like U of it's like U of A is here. It's not like ASU's like way up here. It's like ASU's like here, you know, like if you talk to any ASU fan, that is the only game they care about every year, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous and needs oh to stop being the standard. I, there is nothing. And I don't, I don't want to, throw the spice out in our first episode here, but there is nothing more infuriating than how excited people get for this meaningless game every year. You're stirring it up. It is two underwhelming teams that should do way more than they're currently doing. That's true. These fans who are distraught and deserve so much better actually trying to hype themselves up for something that they think matters in their corner of the world while the rest of the big 10 and the big 12 and the sec are contending for playoff spots 
where you get our territorial cup. It, it has to stop being the standard. ASU, U of A, rivalry week, it's important. It's college sports, obviously. But until these two programs are actually where they should be, right. these fan bases need to stop treating this game like it's the end-all, be-all. It is the most infuriating thing when this ASU team is 7-4 and, and U of A is 2-10 and 10 or 2-9, and nine, whatever it yeah. is, Right. And you're going into this game, and it's like this season is a success if you if you win this game. It, it's oh yeah, it's not. It's a failure. Like the last five years have been. So let's just stop treating this game like it means anything until you're beating a team that actually is worthy of beating. Right. I so I I don't fully agree with you on that, but that's fine. But like, but I I, I do get your yeah, I do get your overall point of the game will have a lot more luster if the two teams are just better, you know, like if ASU come, if ASU comes into it with like a nine and two record and U of A is, let's just say U of A is like five and six and fighting for a bowl game. Like that's a much more entertaining game. Yeah. Even if there's a spoiler scenario, like even if I'm I'm not going to go as far to say like bowl eligibility, bowl eligibility, you have to win six games to get to a bowl. That is, you get to be average to go play in the, the bad boy mowers bowl. Like, I don't care about that. I'm talking like actual spoiler. Like if you beat right. U of A and there's a scenario where you could win the South, whereas ASU could lose the game and U of A was the spoiler. You know what I'm saying? Well, that, like that. Yeah. Well, that was, that was the scenario of freshman year, right? In the background you have of the Oregon state game that. Yeah. Led to a lot of hate. That's what I'm saying. It's it's 2022. We're going into the 2022 season. That was eight Eight years years ago. ago. Yeah. It took me four bachelors to learn math. That was eight years ago. I know. I know. That was the last time. uh, Herm Edwards' first year, there was that Oregon game where there was actual implications. But off the top of my head, recording this, those are the last two times I can remember any actual implications on any sort of ASU season. But the, 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 uh, the well, Taylor the Utah game last year, right? Yeah, we all know Utah how that as well, but yeah. we know how that went. Yeah. Well, yeah. So anyway, but <laughs> but just in terms of it's yeah. I mean, we look if if you're watching the show, if you're an ASU fan, you know, state of the football program and the issues facing it. Like, it's look. There's just not like a, a lot of good news, and so that's why like as an ASU fan, like that's why I'm, I just, I don't know. I feel like going to the big 12, I feel like it's just a good, like it fits, you know, like you're not really that far from like, you're not that far from Texas tech. You're not that far from Dallas. I mean, yeah, you're far from UCF and Cincinnati, but you'll probably play those teams like once every, you'll probably go on the road for those teams. Like once every three years or something like that, or like you'll go like super out East, like one time a year, you know? Right. So, and I think, I think the only benefit with the Pac-12, because essentially what this would be is the Big 12 and the Big 10 absorbing the, I guess, the – I don't even know what to call them because I struggle to call ASU and U of A like the crown jewels of the Pac-12. Um, well, no, the crown jewels right now are Oregon and Washington. Right. Yeah. And would Oregon and Washington in this Big 12 scenario, would they be absorbed by the Big 12? 
or well what that's a good question yeah so just by like following this stuff on twitter over the past week um when the two la schools left oregon and washington applied for the big 10 i mean asu might have applied to but whatever uh they both applied to the big 10 but the big 10 is kind of waiting on what notre dame is going to do because adding Notre Dame to the big 10 would be an enormous coup. Like that would be incredible for them. Um, so you have UW and Oregon are kind of in a holding pattern right now. And a, like, and, but while they're in the holding pattern, I I've seen some reports that those two schools kind of want to keep the league together. Uh, and then there's all this talk of like partnering with the ACC and having like a championship game in Vegas and like, I, I'm not like totally opposed to that, but it just seems so convoluted and just so many moving parts. And who's to say that Clemson and Florida State and Miami and North Carolina don't bolt for the SEC two weeks from now, you know? So right. I'm skeptical of that one. Um, but I think ASU and the rest of the Pac-12 schools are kind of just waiting to see what happens next with the Pac-12 before they actually like make a decision you know uh because there's no point in like rushing this and making some hasty decision and then it's a terrible decision long term you know uh so that's why uh earlier this week george kolovkov the pac-12 commissioner um i they released a statement uh that the pac-12 is open its window with espn and fox to negotiate tv rights and stuff like that so i think what it is is while the Pac-12 is negotiating its rights, and that's why it's talking with the ACC about partnering and like putting Pac-12 games on the ACC network that's more nationwide as opposed to the Pac-12 network, which obviously is not. Um, and I think that the, the Pac-12 negotiating with TV networks and then also these talks of the ACC and the Pac-12 kind of joining-ish, I think they're kind of related. But... I, and, and in terms of ASU, I think it's just going to come down to whichever conference can give you the best TV payout per year, you know? And if it's like, it's hard to just. Right, when do the current rights expire? For the Pac-12? Right. Uh, it was in 2024, but I mean, now that they're renegotiating, who knows, you know? And we're not, look, we're not journalists. We're not. TV experts like well Mark is we're just fans so Mark's Mark's a journalist <laughs> I'm a former journalist <laughs> I, I used yeah. to read them every day wow that's what brought us here yeah I I think with with realignment and everything that's going on with these conferences anything that brings us closer to an eight team field for the playoff is what gets my vote even if it, even if ASU never sniffs the playoff, which is the most likely scenario, mm-hmm. at least you're getting a little parity. At least it's a little compelling. Right. Um, the same six teams vying for four spots every year. It, it just it has to change. Right. Even if even if Alabama still wins this playoff every year, it, it, at least other teams got to go and they got to feel that excitement. Fan bases were fired up, all of that sort of thing. You still give the power four. I don't know what they're going to be now. 
well, it's the power two, and then it's going to be the power two, and then the next two, right? So who? The- and then I mean, even the A, not the AC, the AAC. I always get those mixed up, but the AAC is adding uh, teams too. They lost a couple, but they're adding like the James right. Madisons, and you know that that conference is like kind of been keeping strides a little bit. Obviously, sent Cincinnati to the playoff last year, but yeah. I, I just don't even know what's going on. Um, and so I kind of have tunnel vision for whatever is going to get these voters to finally agree on expanding the field to eight, which what incentive does the SEC have to do that? They send half of the field every year. anyway. Yeah. So, so that, that's kind of, so I, the thing with the playoff, I feel like the playoff isn't going to be decided until like all of these moves are made, you know? all the dust settles and then we'll get to the playoffs. Right, so. But what sucks about that too is like all of this stuff that's happening, it's not even going to take effect until two to three years from now. Right. If the playoff is eventually expanded to eight teams, we're, we're going to be 30 by the time we see eight, eight teams in the playoff. It's like, oh, dude, it, yeah. it's just brutal to be like getting four teams is good. I like that. It's like, Finally, there's there's actual it's not just like guys get to vote on who gets to go to the national championship, but right. it, it has to progress a little further. It, it's we're on the right track. Maybe I don't know what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. That's that's what I hope to see, I guess. Yeah, well, the big problem with college sports is that literally every every entity looks out for themselves first, which I understand. But if whatever, like 30 years ago, there was just a system, like not the NCAA, like a college football, like league that had a commissioner and all this, all this other structure that professional sports leagues have right? college football. But instead it's these five fiefdoms, you know, controlling their own stuff. And, and right now the big 10 and the SEC are the two most powerful and they're just gobbling up all the big brands. Right. Because what is the product that they need to protect? Like, what is the product where they need to think about the greater good? No, their they don't. They, good, yeah. Yeah. Their greater good is their conference. And their the money they make. The yeah. playoff every year. It doesn't matter to them. Everybody, right. everybody outside looking in. I mean, Clemson is really the only other team that's not in that Big Ten SEC bubble. I mean, occasionally a Washington or an Oregon gets close. Right. But there's, there's no – there's no product that all five of these conferences and then the, the smaller conferences, whatever it is, right. there's no product that the power five needs to protect. Every product is what their own individual conferences are producing. And for the SEC and the big 10, and to some extent, the big 12 and the ACC, they're already producing the product that they need to. What, what, what sort of reform do they need to look at? Yeah. Well, the, I'll, I'll push back a little bit on the, especially the big, like the big 12 is a, very similar. I mean, the big 12 lost its two biggest programs last year. Right. So now, I guess similar, that's a good point because the big 12 looks a little Pac-12. different now. Those two teams and I calling Texas, one of its biggest programs. I, I see where you're going with that. Biggest it's brands. Texas. Emphasis it's on the word brand, unfortunately. Oh, okay. But, brand, brand is a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, but Oklahoma and Texas, the two biggest brands in the Big 12, they're, they're in a similar boat. I mean, the Pac-12 just lost their two biggest brands too. Right. Oregon is, is pretty massive. But yeah. the Big 12 and the, the Pac-12 are in very similar boats here. But 
I don't know, man. It's just craziness. There's no unified body. No. Except for whatever the NCAA is. I don't even know what purpose they serve now in the NIL. Oh, they're era. they're neutered. They're totally neutered. Yeah, there's, there's nothing they can they – Their can service do. right now is – okay, they're neutered when it comes to football. Like, they still have the men's and women's tournaments and the baseball tournament. and That's what they should be used for in all reality because college football's like people talk about like the two like oh there's two revenue sports for college sports it's college football and men's basketball it's like yeah there's really one because it's like 85 percent of the money is college football you know so it's and you get a little boost if you make the the men's basketball tournament or whatever it is right but it's not even it's like college football drives the bus you know no absolutely and yeah so it's just, it, yeah, you're right. And just, it, it is crazy. And I mean, another thing that's crazy that I, I can't even believe that this is like an actual scenario that like is being seriously reported by like legitimate, like reporters who know their stuff, like uh, John Canzano of the, or uh, not of the Oregonian. Um, he has his own website, but he's a huge, you know, Portland media figures, very connected. And John Wilner of uh, the San Jose Mercury news. These are the two biggest PAC 12, reporters and john i'm a, I'm a friend of the pacific northwest as you are as well of course of course yeah. but they're reporting that like these talks with the pac-12 and the acc like not officially merging but they'll have like a championship game in vegas and the idea behind this is that it'll mutually benefit both conferences because they'll both get paid more which doesn't make sense to me at all Right. Well, that would, ESPN, be, that would be something that like a network would have to pay more for. Exactly. Right. right. Exactly. And here's the thing. Um, ESPN has a fantastic TV deal with the ACC. They're locked in it till 2036, which is in that that's like being locked in a deal starting in 2008 and ending in 2022. Like the world is completely different um, now than it was then. It'll be completely different in 2036 than it is now, you know, I'll be that's a good point. years old. So I didn't think about that. Yeah. So they're locked into a deal like that. And ESPN's not going to pay him more. Right. Like, why would ESPN be like, oh yeah, let's rip up this contract so we can pay you guys more money. Like that's not how it works. You know, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a good point. I, I don't know. I don't know what incentive I, I'm not very well versed on the business side. That's not what I got one of my four bachelors in. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know what the incentive would be. I, I don't know how they would incentivize a joint championship game because it's essentially, in my mind, it's it's instead of divisions within conferences, you're doing an inner conference championship. Yeah. To try, it, it benefits the conferences because. Right. Whoever wins that game is essentially an auto bid right. to the playoff field like right. with four teams. Um, so I, I don't know as far as TV deals, how that would incentivize. But in terms of the landscape for getting new teams into the playoff, I mean, Clemson might always be there. They kind of had a down year, but I, I, I like it from a competitive standpoint. I don't know how it would work business-wise. But um, yeah. at all of this is hypothetical. I don't know what is even going to happen. Um, right. But in terms of commenting on that, I think I think it's a great idea competitively. 
I don't know how it would work business wise. Well, and yeah, it, it would be interesting, right? Because in this scenario, it would be the Pac-10. So the current schools of the Pac-10. So if you're a Wazoo fan, if you're an Oregon State fan, Cal fan, if you're one of the five Stanford fans in existence, um, this is oh, what hey, you want. Stanford, right? Stanford has a fan base, man. You can't knock Stanford. They do. They, they care about their team. Best, have, best marching band in the country, too. They have dozens and dozens of fans. Um they make ASU's fan base look like Alabama. <laughs> well, no, the problem with ASU's fan base is uh, 60% of the, the stadium is set up to be the student section, um, and oh, all yeah, of those kids black out before the end of the first quarter and get kicked out of the stadium. So right. it's, it's empty by quarter number two um, because nobody can stand in those sections. It's, it's more of a design flaw than it is. You, you have to understand what would happen there. So I don't necessarily – it's more of an architectural flaw. They should, have, they should have seen that. Kind of like when they built a high-rise nursing home on Mill Avenue. Oh, yeah. These are kind of – these are the Shut decisions. Shut down. Yeah. And these, are the, these are the zoning decisions that we're making um, that I, 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 I question, to say the least. Yeah. RIP Shady Park. Did they close? Well, it's not closed, but it's like, I think they can't play music right now, which I didn't even go there, but like, that's a, that's a big, like, it's an important place for a lot of people who like went to ASU. But anyway, um, I, I appreciate you shouting those people out, Mark. I'm sure they'll really appreciate it. I'm sure they'll be listening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the, 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 the ACC and the PAC 12, like, or PAC 10, we got to call it the PAC 10 is two of the teams left. Uh, this partnership rebrand because isn't there like ten teams in the, the Big Twelve? Yeah, Do you think they'll, they'll well, still call it the Pac twelve. I don't know. I mean, they call it the Big Ten, and now they have they'll have sixteen teams. So it's just yeah, I, I don't know yeah. if they'll even rebrand. But I mean, they rebranded when they added Utah and Colorado. So who knows? Yeah. Um, but anyway, like this scenario where the Pac League joins with the ACC. This is, this is what you want to hear if you're a Wazoo fan, Cal fan, Stanford fan, Oregon State fan, because those schools have not been mentioned as like, oh, the Big 12 wants Wazoo. The Big 12 is interested in Oregon State. Like, I mean, I, my, my dad went to Oregon State. We, we know Oregon State fans. Like, I know plenty of Wazoo fans. Like, they care. Like, this, this is awful for them. Like, it's awful for ASU, but it's even more awful for those schools because there's – like, like, I know you were joking about the Mountain West earlier – but they have an actual chance of going to the Mountain West. Like, if it, if like this ACC Pac-12 thing doesn't, Pac-10 thing doesn't work, because I don't see the Pac-10 just standing on its own as ten schools and Oregon, Washington are the two like flagships. Like, I just, I just don't see that happening because there's so much risk of Oregon and Washington jumping if and when they get a Big Ten invite. You know, it's it's so insane to me, and you're right when you say it. But it's so insane to me that USC is considered a flagship. Like they have been classic underwhelmers for like 20 years, 15, 20 years. 15. Like it, it, it's just insane that they're like flagship. Yeah, they're but they flag, just have so much right. history. And they, they have, have so much Riley. tradition in history. Like that's just the unfortunately Lincoln that's just Riley how it factor. is. You know? Yeah, the Lincoln Riley factor. They just had the uh, the Pittsburgh receiver transfer there too. Just won the uh, Blitnikoff. Right. It, LA it, market. Yeah, LA market. It's 
it's insane. And that the Big Ten is going to be I, – I, I'm just glad that the Lincoln-Riley Trojans aren't going to be a team that is on ASU's conference schedule after – they're joining after 2023, right? Uh, that's what it's reported, yeah. Yeah, whenever it is. It, I mean, because that team is going to be so good. Yeah. I mean, it's like – They only had to the give field, them yeah. three houses and a private jet to get them to come to USC, yeah. but – yeah, like from an on the field perspective, it'll definitely it'll it'll kind of help ASU because it'll be tougher to recruit LA. I mean, right now ASU can't recruit anyone, but that's kind of a separate scenario. In normal ASU times, you obviously try to recruit LA, and they'll still be able to get some kids, but it's going to be tougher because you can't be like, oh, you'll we'll be in LA once a year to play USC or UCLA, um, but can't do that now because they'll be gone. So it's like the the recruiting aspects of this is a whole nother can of worms and that's part of the reason why i wouldn't hate going to the big 12 because it's like oh we play tcu we play baylor we play oklahoma right. state which isn't and too i far know us. i know mm-hmm. uh asu had a, a very i mean obviously you know benjamin and, and guys like that had a really effective sort of pipeline i guess with, with the texas high schools and things like that never getting like huge guys or anything like that but well you know benjamin's the biggest that comes in mind. yeah I, like different guys like that and, and um, moving to the big 12 would definitely help that out a bit. And I, California's under Herm Edwards, one of the States that they have really prioritized, right. especially with Antonio yes. and everything like that. Um, but like you said, I just, I don't think that's going to be much of an option because you don't have the pitch of, Oh, your whole family can come see you play at least once a year. Cause more than right. likely you're playing USC or UCLA every season. Right. Right. So, so you still, it's interesting just talking this out about potentially recruiting LA because you won't be able to sell, Hey, we play in Cal in LA each year, but you will be able to sell like, okay, yes, we don't play in LA, but we also, we we play within like a weekend drive of it. Right. You know, it's a five hour, six hour drive. Yeah. So, so I don't think like ASU is complete, like, when it comes to recruiting, like right now, I think ASU has like three kids committed to them in this class. Which I mean, just... you're not that. I, that's why I kind of think the strategy that they're going with right now is beneficial and productive given their situation. Is you're not going to have any 18 year old pledge any level of commitment with the NCAA investigation going right. until you see what comes of that. So the 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 route that they've kind of taken with the transfer portal, that's what they're going to have to do to even yeah. be competitive this year. So I honestly, it, it sounds crazy, especially given the route that they were on recruiting. Um, but I mean, everybody in college football breaks the rules. They were just, they just got caught, you know? Well, And now okay. in the NIL, now in the NIL era, that's going to go out the window. There's not going to be a lot of uh, that going on necessarily, but, they were and what they did rumored what they allegedly did has nothing to do with any of that. It was just a very stupid thing to do. Um, and unfortunately, like raisin. Yeah, it was it was extremely dumb. And regardless of how you feel about what they were doing recruiting wise, that has unfortunately all been mitigated. Your best bet to be competitive until these sanctions and likely after the sanctions are handed down 
Yeah. If attack the transfer portal and try to mitigate the exodus of people leaving your program by bringing juniors and seniors in who can up their stock for one season, hopefully commit to the draft. You're just attacking free agency, essentially. Well, That's yeah. all you can do right now. Yeah, and it's, it's their only option. Right. Um, and what's funny is you mentioned um, – you mentioned the NCAA sanctions. I mean, who even knows if the NCAA will be able to exist in two years to give out sanctions. But the thing is, it doesn't even matter because the cloud of uncertainty around the program has totally screwed them in recruiting. And so, yeah. And, and the other thing is like, you mentioned how, like the way they were cheating, it's not, it's as an ASU fan, I'm not mad that they cheated. Like I want them to continue to cheat, like do whatever you need to do to get kids playing for the team, like the best possible kids you can get. Like, as long as it's like morally okay. And by that, I like, don't do like, obviously like bad immoral things, you know, I guess there's, everyone draws that line at di- differently. You know? I know you but, have a very, a very strict moral compass, Mark. Of course. Um, but it's just the way that the things that they were doing, like bringing kids on campus during the height of COVID when other coaches yeah. weren't doing that. And so it was kind of like an unspoken thing is like, yeah, we're not going to do this right now. This is something where we've all agreed that we should not do. And they were allegedly at this point, the only school that decided that they were going to do that. Air force got caught doing it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I saw that that a few months ago, but like, whatever. Um, Yeah. So uh, look, if you're watching this again, if you're an ASU fan, you know, the history of what happened and, well, we are here where we're at. Um, kind of as we're wrapping up here, I wanted to, we mentioned the, t- the two kind of main uh, possibilities for realignment. Uh, I'll ask you, what do you want to happen with ASU? And let's not, let's, let's kind of keep the playoff out of this because we don't really know what's going to happen. Like, but the playoff is, I feel like that's oh, a few steps down the playoff. road. I'm not, I would yeah. never say playoff. I'm not insane. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is like, what, what realignment scenario do you want to happen for ASU and which one do you think will happen for ASU? Oh man, Mark, that's a tough question because like, there's really no answer that I think truly benefits ASU. I think the easy way to answer that would be join the big 12 compete with those schools that gives you more credibility. Your wins mean a little more, I guess, given the teams <laughs> that they're adding. Yeah. I, I mean, the big 12 is, is literally a corpse now. Uh, it's just a mass exodus off of the sinking ship. I don't, I, it doesn't make sense to stay there. Um, the California, I, I don't see based on what we just discussed with the sanctions and everything else with, with the implications in California, I don't know how that's a very lucrative avenue to just try to stay the course and continue to recruit. Stay the well course in the Pac-10. Right. Like yeah. stay the course and continue to recruit the, the Cali Devils or whatever it was extremely hard. Um, I, I think right now it, it's just such a tough question to answer because it truly does not matter. Like, I don't know when they're going to be competitive. We, we joked about it in the beginning. They, they yeah. could join the Mountain West and still finish fourth. 
Like, I, I guess in terms of recruiting, the best avenue to go would just be try to tap into a, a market that you used to have a really good reputation in under Todd Graham with Texas. I know Todd Graham recruited Texas extremely hard um, and got a lot of recruits from, from that pipeline. So maybe join the Big 12 now that Texas is, is gone and joined the SEC. Obviously, you still have to, Texas Tech is still Big 12, right? Yeah. Te- yeah. The, the current Texas schools in the Big 12 are Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU. TCU, and Houston. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> there's a lot to compete with Texas-wise. But right. ASU, what, I, what I'm trying to say is ASU still has at least a reputation there. You can still kind of maybe sway a three- or a four-star guy here and there. It's not that far either. No, it's like, not. Yeah. And it's, it's exactly, you're still going to play in Texas four times a year or it maybe even twice. I didn't mean to say four, obviously you're not going to get all four yeah, 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 in yeah. one conference schedule, but I mean, there's a likely scenario where you can play in Texas twice, twice, something like that. I don't know. Um, so maybe join the big 12, try to tap into that pipeline. Again, you at least have a reputation there. Um, I think that's the best Avenue to being competitive in the long term mm-hmm. in terms of the short term just try to get your product on more tvs i want to watch more than uh two games next year when they're right. playing ucla or whoever it is um and hit the transfer portal hard that's well that's yeah what they're doing. They, they know that that's all they can do in in the new college football free agency but uh i i would like to see the big 12 move I don't know what that looks like because I don't know who actually is going to join that conference. Right. Um, but I think that that provides the, at least in my mind, uh, the clearest roadmap to being competitive in the long term. Um, but yeah, what do you think? So I think the, what I want to happen is for ASU, U of A, Colorado and Utah to join the big 12. And then maybe, maybe uh, I don't like, maybe by doing that, that forces Washington and Oregon's hand. So they also join the big 12. That is, that's the scenario I want the most is for six, the, the four corner schools plus Washington and Oregon to go to the big 12, because you keep more Western area teams and you, you still have the Oklahoma States, the Baylors, the Cincinnati's, you know, all these teams that are just good, solid teams, maybe not elite. Um, I think that's the best case scenario. And I think that it, I think that being with Oregon and UW in the Big 12, I think that uh, increases the Big 12's annual TV payout value to uh, the schools coming in, including ASU. So that's what I want because you, you kind of, you still kind of have a lot of the best of the rest of the PAC 12. And then you also get going to the big 12, which has stability now, which is crazy considering last year, they were completely unstable. Uh, so that's what I want is for ASU to be one of six PAC 12 teams joining the big 12. What regionally, I think. Yeah. Regionally, that sounds I'm just trying to wrap my head around like the Pacific Northwest. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Regionally, I, I can't even like process. <laughs> yeah. Well, process LA schools in the Big Ten. The, yeah. the, literally, the conference goes from Piscataway, New Jersey to 
Westwood. It's crazy. Um, Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, it's all about it's all about the money. But um, I know you like money, Mark. Not yeah. Well, yeah, apparently you don't like it as much as USC, USC and UCLA. That's uh, why you're widely known as Money Mark. That's why everybody calls you that. Everybody. That's right. Um, definitely not just one person on a podcast. Definitely everybody. Uh, but anyway, getting back on track here. What I so again, what I want to happen is for ASU to join the Big Twelve as a six-team block that goes into it because then you have an 18 team conference you you'll be established as the clear number three conference in the country which is going to mean something like like someone has to be the third conference but behind those two what i think is going to happen and i can't even believe i'm saying this because it's just it's so crazy but i've just seen maybe i'm being led on here but like i've just seen too much like substantial reporting about the the ACC Pac-12 or Pac-10 thing. That's what I think is going to happen. There's just been too much talk. I thought that once I saw it, it would just be one of those reports that kind of pops up in a day. I'm like, oh, remember when that happened? And maybe it might well be that in the long run. But I, I just have this gut feeling that that's what's actually going to happen. And look, if you get like, if, if that means like once a year you play like you go on the road and play like Miami or something, or even like a North Carolina state or like a pit, like obviously Clemson and Florida state uh, when it's, you know, operating in full efficiency are the two like big ones, but having a few, like, I don't even want to call there would be like kind of conference games on with an ACC team. That would be kind of cool, but the ACC PAC 12 thing. And this is so. That would be more of a partnership, right? right. That wouldn't be. Yeah. And I think that's probably the likeliest scenario. I think that's yeah. ultimately what ends up happening is the Pac-12 becomes the Pac-10 again. Everybody stays and they work with another conference, like you were saying, yeah, DC to try to boost the credibility and the prestige right. of whatever you do in conference. So I think what, what you're talking about is probably what ultimately ends up happening. Yeah. And it's – so you mentioned uh, there's one little twist um, – and this is just kind of reading. I mentioned John Canzano earlier. He's very connected to the Pac-12 based out of Portland. Um, he mentioned um, something in one of his articles about the Pac-12. If this ACC Pac-12, I keep saying Pac-12, Pac-10. <coughs> Mark, if I this think happens, people will know what you're talking about. What? I said, I think people will know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This partnership thing, if this happens um, – he mentioned that this could be an opportunity for the Pac-12 to actually poach some Big 12 schools. So that would be interesting if you like get Baylor and Oklahoma State and uh, I don't know BYU to join in. That would definitely make it more interesting. But again, this is all like who the bleep knows what's going to happen. You know, like nobody knows the fact that USC and UCLA kept this quiet. There were no leaks for like months long period of the negotiating with this behind the scenes, like nobody and knows. And in college sports, everyone's just out for themselves and they'll stab you in the back. No problem. So. Yeah. I yeah. think in that's episode, where we're at. I think in episode two, we should cut down on your bleeps a little bit. The bleeps. Yeah. I think we, one bleep is too much for one show. Okay. Well, so I want you to watch your mouth on the next episode. Well, I'll bleep and try. How's that? 
Um, yeah. Well, uh, for the millions of you listening on YouTube and on... Don't sell yourself short, Mark. Oh, billions. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, for the many of you, uh, likely actually dozens of you listening, thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm Mark Harris, and that's Colton Dodge, and we're going to try to... Uh, it's broad. Give you, yeah. <laughs> we're going to try to give you a fairly regular podcast about ASU football. And, you know, right now there's a lot going on. Um, it, realignment season is here again, and uh, we're just on this roller co coaster. Eh, on this roller coaster with all of you. Thank you for tuning in to episode one of Stomp the Bus. And go Devils, baby. Thanks for having me, Mark. That's right.